Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And a good Thursday morning, football fans, specifically you Birds fans out there. You're listening and watching Birds 365. That would be hosted by John McMullen and Jordan McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys. It's a game day, Johnny Mac. An game actual day. game day. Come on. Yeah. It's as huge. It's as big. Game only- day. Yes. Yes. Very exciting. Only- game day. Bob Groats coming up at 920. I, I, I. I'm dubbing Bob Groats game day Bob Groats for today. Okay. Is he game day guy? I didn't know that. I uh, thought he was yeah. just the Prince of Darkness. No, because he's, he's on today. He's a game day guy. If he's a game day guy, then he's a game day guy. And yes, uh, you know, I'm implanting my tongue somewhat in cheek because as we've continued to say here on Birds 365, the coaches uh put more emphasis on joint practices this week they had two against the cleveland browns one not great one outstanding (laughs) next week they'll have one against the indianapolis colts and i do want to get the point on that in just a second um but i'm sorry maybe i'm old school but i'm being i'm giving you my honest opinion here tonight's game is more important than the practices when it comes to judging players who do or don't make the roster Yes, they're going to protect their players. There's going to be a whole bunch of guys. I'll ask you what the number is going to be, your deference list, uh, as to how many guys will actually sit out. So if you're judging the overall team, it's not going to be a true judgment because a bunch of their best players aren't even going to play. But if we're talking about battles for roster spots, 
I'll tell you that tonight's game is more important than either of the joint practices they had. I get why the joint practices are important because you can work on specific things. If you need goal line prep, if you need goal line stops, you can do that. You're not going to go length of the field. Yes, you can dictate certain situations which give you a better chance to uh, ferret information out of it. But in actual game day situations, I'm sorry, it's more important when you're playing against a member of the other team and there are no restrictions as to how hard you can hit. The quarterbacks, you, you get close to them, you scream sack. That's not a sack because you scream it. You must actually take the guy to the ground. And tonight they'll actually have to take a quarterback to the ground if they want a sack. I'm sorry it's a game. It's better than a practice if you're just purely talking about judging who should or shouldn't be on your football team. Well, I think live reps are will agree that are certainly more better to evaluate the non-live reps. So I'll agree with you there. But it kind of, like everything else, it's like, what are you talking about? The back five guys on the roster that they don't know? And how many are there? It's probably not even five that they don't know at this point. Two or three, you know, that's sort of the old Marv Levy way of handling preseason. Yeah, it's more important for those guys. They didn't even get reps in the joint practices, those guys. So, yeah, it's more important for them. But as far as the 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 key players on the team, no, it's not more important for them. I mean, they're not they're not going to play. They're not they're going to so be putting they're, bubble wrap. They got all their reps. That that uh yeah, we're not going to judge the the starters, the best players, the top 15 players on it because we're not even going to play them. Okay. So yeah, but they're not judging them on practice either because they've already predetermined that they're going to be not only the starters. And that's why I say key players. Now, some guys have to play because you have to play, you have to play a game. You have to go through the 60 minutes. You don't have enough uh, uh, to rotate unless you want to play the in books of the world for the entire game, uh, which who knows, (laughs) you know, Tanner McKee's, going to get plenty but if they didn't have a young quarterback who who knows i mean are they going to play even marcus mariota in this game i i, I mean cleveland's not playing their backup quarterback um you know that's that's where we are at this stage so um it, it, with everything in the world it, it it comes down to definitions but as far as live reps being better than non-live reps yeah of course but um then it becomes the cost-benefit analysis of, I don't want to get anybody hurt. Injury, and that includes right. key backups as as far as, you know, I, it's obvious with the Jalen Hurts's of the world and the Jason Kelsey's, Lane Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. But even, you don't even want key backups near this game, as I point to Cleveland. They don't even want their backup quarterback involved, never mind their starting quarterback. Um, do you know and for it's a fact for the Dobbs isn't going to play tonight? Um, it's reported by the Cleveland reporters. Okay. I mean, uh, that Dorian Thompson, uh, Robinson's going to start. Now they could go the, the Baltimore route and bring them in the win the game, but I, I don't think they're going to do that. So to me, if they're starting uh DTR, they're not going to play Josh Dobbs. Uh, I, can I tell you a hundred percent? No but I would be shocked. Um, and that's not even, I don't even consider that a top tier backup quarterback, to be honest, Jody, they probably should play him uh, to get him more reps. Um, 
but that's where we are in the NFL. Um, I, I, it's so not a good thing, by the way. I yeah, agree I, with you there. I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, and I, if from a fan perspective, <clears throat> and oh, by the way, when John McMahon goes over tonight, he won't be paying. Uh, Jody McDonald, not going over tonight, so I won't be paying. But if you're planning on going to the game, yeah, guess what? You're paying. And whatever concessions you get, beers. Parking. Parking. That's uh, very drinks, hot dogs. I they're feel gonna for be people. regular season prices for something that's not close to a regular season game, and uh, this is not an overburying of the Cleveland in the uh, Cleveland uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Cleveland Browns because there are gonna be sixteen, fifteen other teams in the National Football League gonna do the same thing this weekend. So everybody does it. They take advantage of you, the fans. In every single city with these less than stellar preseason games, which I think is a rip off. Yes, I said it. Um, but let me get more specific with a bunch of different positions. But there's one that kind of stands above all others, at least for me. That would be linebacker Johnny Mac. Nicobe Dean has done very little during this offseason. Now, you know how big a Nicobe Dean fan I was. The day after the draft, I came here and uh just wowed about the fact that the eagles got him in the third round couldn't believe their luck that he sat there to the third round i thought the kid was a borderline first round pick between the first and the second i would have loved to see the eagles take him in the second they got him in the third outstanding job done by howie roseman at all in playing the board exactly right and getting a potential star player well he hasn't shown that star level player on the national football league level just yet uh, minimal playing time at best last year, came in with the dot on his helmet, knowing he's going to be the starter at middle linebacker. He's A, been hurt, and B, been less than stellar in the practices so far. We're getting closer to that opening Sunday in New England against the Patriots. Don't we need to see a little bit more of Nicobe Dean? Do we believe that he's going to be just fine because Jody McDonald says so, his biggest fan here in the Delaware Valley, or does he actually have to do it on the field? And wouldn't it be nice if he did it for a couple of plays against the team in another uniform tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He might be the most interesting player tonight uh, if you're going to to play him because he didn't play last week uh, either. And that might have been related to deference or it might have been related to the ankle injury. He had just returned to practice after missing four days of team drills and maybe they were being extra cautious. I'm with you. I want to see him out there. What the Eagles do, if I had to predict, I think they're going to defer to him. I, I think, I think they're, they're spooked. Imagine, forget about a serious injury. Imagine if he goes down for a couple weeks and then you're really scrambling with Nick Morrow and probably be Zach Cunningham as your starting linebackers from week, for week one. Um, and I'm kind of – Dan Orlovsky got in my head. I read that tweet about New England zigging when everybody's zagging, trying to play a different way. And if, if that's the case, and I don't know because obviously I'm not – following the Patriots every day and what they're doing. But if that's the case and Dan's right, and they're going to show up and trying to run the football in week one, I mean, that could be a situation where we're talking about, are the Eagles going to go 5-0 and to start the season? I keep saying they're going to go 4-1 and 
well, there's your one loss right there if they can't stop New England in week one, plus all the other stuff with the Tom Brady day and opening day and everybody's hyped up and they're probably, that's always a bad situation if you're the road team or at least a worse situation um, in, in week one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to defer to him, but I hope he plays. I hope he plays. I will say that because, yeah, I think he needs, he needs reps and they need to figure out who the best player is next to him as well. And how do you right. figure that out? You know, if they're never on the field together, yeah. uh, it just doesn't but make not, sense. You know, and they'll say, well, joint practices. That's what we're doing with the joint practices. That's what they'll say. But this is not Jason Kelsey. This is not Lane Johnson. And despite Jody McDonald's optimism, and by the way, I think the Eagles optimism as well. There's nothing proven here. Right. Nothing. Um, so, but I went through this during Jalen Hurts's first, uh, first year as a starter and they kind of, and that's a more important position, obviously, but there's at least some, you know, quarterback of the offense, quarterback of the defense, obviously one's more important, but they were like, nah, don't worry about it. We, we know Jalen's the guy we're going to get him to week one healthy. And they were right. Maybe they're right here, but I got, it's tough to kick all the old school out of me. I'd like to see the kid play in right. a real live uh, environment. couple things. Number one, Jalen compared to uh, uh, Nakobe. Jalen started three games the year before, okay? Nakobe's played 32 snaps. So knowing where Jalen was at as compared to knowing where Nakobe's at, yeah, you better well know Jalen better. You actually put him out there as a yeah, star. But they were, that, remember, yeah. though, Jody, different coaching staff, and it was not good, those three games. That was the, it was not good. He did not perform well. And you had an entirely new coaching staff as well. Now, part of the reason he didn't perform well is the office wasn't built for him. They just threw him in there. Right. Uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you're right. He played a little bit, but he was completely, completely unproven as a starter in this league. And they were like, eh, nah, more, more like. proven than the Kobe Dean is. Well, slightly, but not much. Two not starts much. over th- two and a half, three starts over 32 snaps. Yeah, that, that's a lot to me. Um, number two about the Patriots. Good idea. Good philosophy. I'll reference back to Mike Tyson. Everybody's fine till they get punched in the well, face. Yeah. If the Eagles are up 14 nothing, guess what? It's not going to be Ramondre Stevens left, Ramondre Stevens center, Ezekiel Elliott right. They're not going to be running the football down the Eagles' throats if they're down 14 nothing early second quarter. So great philosophy, but then the game has to play itself out. We'll see if it does to that effect that the Patriots are, are ready to do that. Um, I'm sorry. I want to see uh, Nicobe Dean tonight. Uh, not, nothing's going to change my mind other than the fact that I have no control of it. And I'll watch and I'll find out that starting at linebacker for the Eagles is uh, Christian Ellis and uh, Zach Campbell, which will annoy the snot out of me. I can guarantee you. That. No, it'll be uh, Christian Ellis and Nick Morrow. That'll be your starters if, if Nicobe doesn't start. Um, and uh, we got a bunch of other positions we got to sink our teeth into, too. We will do that between myself, John McMullen, and for our number one, our first guest, who is John Stolness from Bleeding Green Nation and the Eye on the Enemy podcast. He's already checked on in, in the green room, ready to rock with us. John Stolness next here on Birds 365. 
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365 and we've got John Stolnes from Bleeding Green Nation in the Eye on the Enemy podcast here to talk birds with us before this all important All right, no it's not uh, game against <laughs> the Cleveland Browns tonight down at the link uh, Johnny S, I was just complaining, whining, bitching, moaning, say whatever you want about the fact that they're going to charge you to go in tonight. And uh, John continues to tell me really doesn't mean anything as to who's going to make the roster. Very little three, four spots at the back end of the roster. Is Nick Sirianni going to try and get anything out of this game tonight? We're just debating N'Kobe Dean and John thinks "Eh, they they won't play him. They they, they already know how good he's going to be. I like to think I know how good he's going to be, but I'd actually like to see it. We going to see N'Kobe tonight. You know, I don't know. It, it does. It sounds like not. I think they think that the joint practices that they have are actually more valuable than the preseason games. And I think they probably saw as much as they felt like they needed to see. I mean, because Deshaun Watson's not going to play for Cleveland. And so uh, you really got to see what these guys could do against the Browns first string offensive line and, Desha- and Deshaun Watson and all that. So I don't think so. I, I think what you're looking for here is you're going to see who the backups are going to be, who the third string guys are going to be. Uh, you're looking to see who can make an impact on special teams maybe somebody can jump up maybe somebody that you can use as trade bait later in the year or whatever and that's not as big a deal in the nfl but you know there's other things that they can find out but if he does play it's not going to be for much and for very long and i don't think he's going to play against starters so i don't see the utility in it necessarily so i yeah. they really just need to get rid of preseason games i mean what are we doing with with these with preseason i'm with games you john it, it, it's I'm a total farce why, why are yeah. we doing this i buy money 
That's it. I mean, they dress it up. They charge the same for parking, concessions. They bundle it in with season tickets. I hate to say it, but they're just picking people's pockets at this stage. You know, you know what it's good for? It's good for for young kids to go to the preseason games. Like, if you don't want to take your kid to the intensity, like a little kid, like an eight, nine-year-old to the yeah, intensity yeah, yeah, of an yeah, NFL game, yeah, it's the yeah. perfect thing to take them to. Yeah, that's true. You don't have as many F-bombs. so that's you, right. you, you <laughs> The feel, fight ratio is way less yeah, at a preseason you, game. You feel yeah. comfortable uh, without the passion because yes. nobody's getting too passionate yeah. about a preseason game. So I'll agree with you there. And, and you know what? It would be better if they lowered the prices for that reason because these things are expensive to attend. Yeah. And, you know, some people can't afford it. And if you say, you know what, these games are meaningless, let's charge 10 bucks, um, blah, blah, blah. And you allow more people or, or more people that maybe can't get season tickets or maybe go to a regular season game. I would applaud it, but that's not what they do. They do. They act like it's a regular season game from a price standpoint. And that's egregious from the NFL's perspective for what this has turned into. Uh, because you're right, the coaching staff doesn't value these things. They value the joint practices. And I'm not going to say they don't completely value because they want to see the lower end of the roster and they want to see these guys in live environments and try to pick the diamond in the rough. But from a fan perspective, it's it's terrible. It really <laughs> is. I'm wondering if it's even if it's not even more instructive for the Eagles, for the coaching staff, right? To see, well, how's, I mean, you're not, you have, you don't have your best guys in there. So Brian Johnson is not using the same playbook that he will use for the regular season, but at least gets him into the, the, the practice and, and the habit yeah. of the yeah. tempo of calling yeah. plays in an NFL game before he has to do it. That can, that's really the only utility that I can see is, is for these new coordinators to kind of get into the flow of making the decisions, making the calls in an NFL game. The other day, uh, John, you, you probably don't know this. Uh, I did the morning show on WIP, and we had Sean Desai on as a guest at 7 o'clock in the morning. I thank him for coming over to our uh, camper, camper to do a spot at 7 a.m., which is <laughs> great. But he didn't answer one question. He yeah. dodged every wow. single question. So my final question was, I got to ask a question he's going to give an answer to. I said, well, where are you going to do your uh, coaching from, the field or the bench? Uh, field of the booth and he said i haven't decided yet yeah. even mm. something like that he had wow. made up his mind yet refused to answer any of the questions we yeah. asked he was very good at giving an answer while giving a non-answer but uh so you're right about the coaching they're still deciding whether they're going to be yeah, on the field I, I, or you in know the booth. i i would say i don't think they are he just doesn't want to answer anything um, I think he knows where he's going to be. He just doesn't want to answer. You know, that's one of the things what, what, with what does tipping your hand on that? Well, if we're always talking about competitive advantage. Ooh, he's going to be on the sidelines. Ooh, he's going to be in the booth. How is an opponent going to get a competitive? They're advantage? not, but that's how ingrained it is in them. What? What? How does it benefit? Sure, the side just got here twenty minutes ago. How did that, it get ingrained that fast? Yeah, uh, because. One thing you'll notice about even with Shane, Shane said nothing here. And Shane is uh, Shane Steichen I'm talking about. And he'll be back next week. And I'm looking forward to that. He is a completely different guy off that podium. Completely different guy. Very open, willing to say things off the record for that reason. But he knows he had a head coach that's got his fingerprints on everything. And he doesn't want to say something out of school 
that the head coach doesn't want. Nick Sirianni makes sure these guys don't say anything, 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 anything. Like, why does Nick think it's a competitive advantage not to let us know, oh, the starters aren't playing in Baltimore in the first preseason game? Oh, I don't know, Jody, but that's where we are. And he's not the only one with these new school coaches. They think everything is, oh, you can't tell them this, you can't tell them don't let him have this. Don't let him have that. That's kind of the, the, he, he wants his guys to say absolutely nothing. I hate it. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. And Sean decides a smart guy. He picks that up in five minutes. He doesn't need yeah. 10 minutes. And that's why he acts the way he acts. But uh, John, do you take it in a different way? No, I, I, I think it's silly um, in a lot of cases, especially during the preseason and specifically with whether or not Sean's going to be in the booth or whether he's going to be on the field. I mean, listen, maybe we're playing checkers and he's got some three-dimensional chess game going on in his mind that, that I can't pick up on. But it doesn't seem – there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of utility in being as secretive as he is, especially yeah. about – And he's been a coordinator match. before. It's only one – he's gotten – he knows what he wants to do. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's like – all right, I'm not supposed to say anything. And the minute you say, well, this is not important, I can say that, then all of a sudden you start, maybe you slip up and you give up something. So that's how I would explain Like a zero tolerance policy kind of exactly. a thing from, from Nick Sirianni. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't right. want anything out there, which is absurd. I'll agree with that. But yeah. that's he's not the only young coach. I will say that. Assuming uh, N'Kobe Dean is not playing tonight, but he's locked in as the middle linebacker and the Eagles know better than we do as to what he's going to be able to do when that first snap comes in New England, all right, we'll put that aside. That's a given, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. The rest of the linebackers, Zach Cunningham's been better than uh, Miles Jack to this point. Nicholas Morrow played well enough last week. It didn't wow, but the best of the lot. Christian Ellis was the darling of OTAs and got a pick the first day of camp. Ooh, Christian <laughs> Ellis is going to uh, compete for that starting spot. There's a whole bunch of guys that look okay, that have different strengths and different weaknesses. How are they going to determine who's going to be the other starter out there week one with N'Kobe Dean? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And I think based on every, all the reporting that we saw about the the Browns joint practices, I kept seeing Cunningham's name pop up over yeah. and over again, deflecting yeah. passes, being in the middle of things. And that, that's, that seems to me to be one of the ways that they're going to figure this out is, is who's going to, who's making plays here in, in these joint practice sessions. And if they play in the preseason games, I guess they'll use some of that as well. Um, but in these, in these practices, and that's the name I, I hear most. I don't, I don't hear miles Jack mentioned all that much. I don't hear Nicholas Morrow mentioned all that much. If Morrow's making a lot of plays in these preseason games, that's great. But if they value the joint practices more and he's not doing quite as much as somebody like Zach Cunningham, then he probably, even though we are seeing Morrow play better, it's a lot of the stuff that we're not seeing that they're probably going to make their decisions on. And yeah. so, you know, I think, I think that's the thing with the preseason now is it's not for us, right? I mean, it's not, we, 
that's why it's a little bit disconcerting is because back in the back in the day we used to you know the 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 first team players would get the first quarter in the first preseason game and then they might get the first half in the second preseason game they might play into the third quarter and the third and then they take the fourth off and we could see how they looked how everybody was progressing and it was kind of comforting for for us to kind of get a sense of where is this team as we're moving through the summer as we're getting closer to week one and we just don't have any sense of that right now and so we want these preseason games to do that for us to to see Nick Nicholas Morrow playing, but and we realize that you know they're they're second and third stringers. Nobody of any consequences playing in these games, and so I, I think the way they're going to determine this, it's it's going to be completely out of our eyesight. It's going to be on the practice field. It's going to be yeah. in these joint practices, and and Zach Cunningham is the name that keeps popping up from what I can see. Yeah, he played very well. Um, he's very long. He got his as you mentioned, uh, Reed Blankenship intercepted. Uh, Deshaun Watson three times over the two practices. Two of them were because of tip balls by Zach Cunningham. So yeah. um, when you start making plays like that in big reps in those types of situations, yeah, it's probably time to take notice. And I'll, I'll be interested to see how he plays tonight. But yeah. one of the things in Baltimore, John, was Eli Ricks. And I got so many fans saying, oh, Eli Ricks is going to make the team because he's got the high profile, you know, rep from college, five-star recruits mm-hmm. going to LSU, Alabama, and everybody's like, and I was like, be careful, you know. He's doing that against Anthony Brown, who I think, you know, sent a snail mail package to him to say, <laughs> hey, I'm going to put this on a platter for you. Yeah. Um, Fourth-string quarterback. Um and he's got about three guys he's got to jump over on top of that. Mm-hmm. When when guys do make plays in these preseason games, you got to look at that context and how it relates and the fact that when you brought up a good point with Nicobe, like if he does start, he's playing against a third-string quarterback. Um, he'll probably play eight reps and then get the heck out of there. What, what, what's the point? You just sold me, John. What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, there's, I don't really get it either. I mean, I think with a guy like Eli Ricks, who's an undrafted free agent, he comes in here and he's like fourth on the depth chart or third on the depth chart from what I see. And they, they do, they have other guys they like, they like Zach McPherson. They like Josh Job. You know, there's other guys on this team that they like. I I don't know if greedy Williams, who they, who they signed is going to end up making the team. Probably not, but um, he, 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 but he's a guy who's played at the, at, you know, at the NFL level before. And so Kelly Ringo, he's got to make the team. Yeah. yeah. And maybe he's, maybe he gets a special team spot by, by his performance here in, in the preseason, but that's, that's kind of what we're looking at, you know. I mean, that's and that's the the point of the of the preseason anymore. I think is just to it gets you more. De- you're looking at more developmental guys. You know, who do we want to keep around on a practice squad this year? Um, you know, who who do we have that we can maybe move to another team for somebody on their practice squad? Uh, and and you know, maybe if if Eli Ricks does things, does some really special things in in these next few games. Well, so here's maybe- where Jody brought this up real quick, John. Yeah, Jody made a good point. You don't want him making plays in the preseason because you don't want somebody else seeing it. Yeah. One of these cornerback deficient teams who go, wow, that kid's got some talent. Let's take a shot. Let's pick up on, pick him up on waivers. So mm-hmm. it's almost counterproductive because <laughs> yeah, you want to get the kid on the practice squad. Yeah. It's crazy at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. 
So I don't, I don't, so I don't really know what they do. And I gotta, I gotta believe the coaching staff is just as annoyed by these preseason games as we are. I, because it's, it's a shell game. It's, it's a, it's a total shell game. It's, it's a total, it's, it's bizarre. And I don't know as a fan how to approach them anymore. I don't know what to look for. I don't know what to watch for with, with these preseason games. I'm as, I'm as lost as everybody else. <laughs> and there are some positions where you don't have questions. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Lane Johnson is pretty locked in at right tackle. So you, you can take yeah. that off the board. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of positions that are, at least in my mind, your mind, John's mind, Eagle fans' minds, undecided. Yeah. So now you have to play the mind game of, well, what is the coach thinking? Does yeah. he still need to evaluate? Is he debating between two players? Are they protecting a guy because of injury? Are they protecting, as John just pointed out, a guy who you don't want another team to get a look at because they might snatch him off your roster if you try and sneak him through to the practice squad. If you're watching tonight's game and the difference between joint practices and exhibition games, because there's a difference in the way the coaches evaluate the two, how do you watch tonight? Do you not even care? Just root for the laundry, go Eagles, go, and yeah. not try and think about what a play actually means in a guy's playing time, whether he's going to be on the team or not. How, how do you handle it all if you're a fan tonight, Jack? Uh, yeah, I, I think if you're if you're a fan who's kind of clued into further down the roster, you can look at reps, right? Who's like it was it was interesting that Kenny Gainwell didn't get and didn't even suit for for the first game. It tells you a little bit about I think how they think about Kenny Gainwell and the fact that they feel like they know what they have there. So maybe that leads you to think that in the back of their minds, he's kind of, if there's, if there is a one a that it might be Kenny Gainwell. So what does that look like tonight is does Kenny play tonight and uh, do one of the other, like Rashad Penny got a lot of attempts last week. Does he get the night off tonight? Like how are they going to, is it kind of like a, you know, like a starting rotation in baseball? Like you're going to, this guy's going to be your starter here for game two. And then for, for the third game, you're going to have somebody else is kind of the guy who gets most of the looks. I think that's basically just kind of what you're looking at. Like who is, who, who is, I think you can get a judge of who's ahead of who on, on their depth chart, not necessarily what we might see online based on who's getting the most snaps. And it's not necessarily the guy who's getting more snaps is ahead on the depth chart. If you see a player get less time in these preseason games, that should probably tell you that they are ahead of the other players on the depth chart, which is counterintuitive. Very much so. The preseason is an exercise in counterintuitive. Is that a word I made up? I think I made yeah. up a word. You know, I, I, I love to make yeah. up words here on Break 365. <laughs> I made one I up yesterday. Tried, what did I do? We do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I made one up yesterday. It was phenomenal. Ed Kratz called me out on it. So was that yesterday? Anyway, uh, earlier this states, week. Yeah. But uh, we do it all the time, John. Um, you know, one part I think is relevant, and that part is special teams. And I argued, you know, I was just talking about Ricks. Makai Gardner has looked better in practice than Eli Ricks. Um, and he made a big play on special teams. And I asked Jody and our guest at the time, and I'll ask you, what's more important, making that play on special teams where you might be relevant, where you can make an impact on the 53-man roster or get in the pick six in a, in a meaningless situation in the fourth quarter. And that's why I'm interested in guys like Gardner and also Tyree Cleveland, who played well as a receiver and seems to have developed a sort of rapport with Marcus Mariota in that second unit. So he was good as a receiver. 
but he's also a good special teams player. And the third point, John, is the Eagles lost Sean Bradley. So mm-hmm. they need they need some help on special teams. It's boring, but is it more important to stand out on that third phase than, you know, second half of a preseason game, offense, defense? Yeah, if, if your goal is to make this team this year and you know you're not getting a, you know, if you're if you're a cornerback and you know you're not going to start, you need to perform well in special teams. And, and that's that's how you really need to make your mark. You need to put that on tape for the coaches to see. I, I think one of the things that can help your case, even if you are a player who's further down on the depth chart, who who's who, who's future this year might only be on special teams. You can open some eyes and, and, and they might decide to keep you around. Even if you maybe don't perform as well on special teams, if you do something special on the field, like you mentioned, get a pick six. Well, if somebody tips a pick six in the air and you, you snatch it and there's nobody in front of you and you run it into the end zone, I don't think the coaching staff is going to look at that and be like, Oh wow, that was fantastic. But if they see you diagnose a play, if they see you, you know, if a quarterback's kind of looking yeah. in one direction, then comes across the field and you diagnose that and you jump the route and you go and you get a pick six, that's a whole different thing. So I think you can, the coaching staff can, can look at those kinds of plays and, 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 and see, okay, this is a smart player. This is somebody who recognized what was coming, made a play on the ball, brought, brought the ball in, which is, again, we've seen cornerbacks on this team with, with boxing gloves for hands who <laughs> just can't pull anything in. You know, if you make a play, score a touchdown, and, and you do it in a way where you're like, okay, then I think that the play on the field outside of special teams can really matter. But for these guys who are either going to be on the practice squad or just struggling to make the team playing only special teams, you're right. That, that's, honest to goodness, punt coverage is really going to be oh, one yeah. of the more fascinating oh, yeah. aspects, uh, which is which is just, it's difficult to comprehend. But that's what we're really looking at here in these preseason games. Hopefully they can force the Browns to do a bunch of punts tonight so they get time yeah. to evaluate that. John Stone is here with us on Birds 365. All right, here's a kind of, seems irrelevant, but it's not a question I'm going to ask you looking at crystal ball. All right. Assuming Jason Kelsey doesn't play a down tonight, I think that's a pretty good assumption. How many different Eagles will fill in at center tonight? Because John and I have been going back and debating mm. on what do they do when Kelsey gets hurt? Do they move Jurgens back to center when he's won the right? Oh, by the way, John, has Nick officially acknowledged that Jurgens is the starting right? No, he doesn't have no, to. He, <laughs> he doesn't have to. He's not going he to do that till five minutes yeah. before kickoff no. against the Patriots. Um, uh, assuming Jurgens doesn't play center tonight, he's going to be a right guard and, or he might not even play. They might go the deference route with him to protect his ass. So he doesn't take any snaps. How many different guys are going to be quote unquote backup centers for the Eagles and play snaps tonight at center? Yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart. And so Brett Toth, I think is a guy we'll probably see. He might get the most snaps tonight. They've got, you know, uh, Cameron Tom and Josh Andrews listed as, as third and fourth string centers here. And we know Cam Jurgens is, is, is that guy. Um, you know, I think, I, I don't know what other members of the offensive line can kind of swing. Did Landon Dickerson play some center in college? Or he was, mo- he was, oh, yeah, all- he was yeah, great. He was an all American center. Right. He right. Was, That's uh, never getting yeah. in tonight's game. No, 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 not no. Get in tonight's game. But if we're just thinking about backup center possibilities and, and kind of down the road, I mean, I don't think he's, he's a, he's a pro bowl left yeah, guard. He's You're not moving him now, off of that but spot, maybe. but you know, if we're talking about emergency situations here, I mean, that would have to be a pretty, 
darn big emergency. But, you know, I, I think tonight that's kind of, you know, get a heavy dose of Toth and get a heavy dose of, of Palm and Andrews. And I don't know, maybe there's some undrafted folks, maybe some other guys somewhere, yeah. somewhere on this roster who knows how to snap a ball who might get some time. But um, I certainly wouldn't, I don't know that I'm, you know, necessarily uh, Jason Kelsey's obviously not seeing the field, but I'm, I don't know that I'm starting anybody of consequence at center tonight either. You know, it's funny you bring up uh, Landon like that because, you know, he was, as I said, he was a first-team All-American center at Alabama his final season. He won the Remington Trophy as the best center in the country. And I was thinking about, you know, Kelsey, Isaac Sayamalo is going into his, I think, eighth or ninth season, and he was the first heir apparent for Jason Kelsey. They drafted Mm -hmm. Isaac Sayamalo to be the, uh, center after yeah. Jason Kelsey. He's now entering his <laughs> nine season. Then they drafted Dickerson to be the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. And now he's a Pro Bowl left guard. And then they drafted Jurgens to be the heir apparent. Now he's moving the right guard. Who knows? Maybe he turns into a great player and they say, we're not moving him. And maybe right. there's another one. Hey, in the um, 2028 draft, I think that's our spot to yeah. draft Jason Kelsey's backup. That's the apparent. sweet spot, 2028. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right, Jenny. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I do think it'll eventually be Cam. He'll be the official heir apparent. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm through saying this is Jason's last year. But um, it, it is an interesting conversation because Jeff Stoutland doesn't like moving parts. But one of my low-key mm-hmm. concerns about this Eagles team, John, is the lack of depth on the offensive line. Um, we saw it at the end. In, Doug Peterson's last year, Lane Johnson had to go the reconstructive ankle surgery route, missed a bunch of games. They had other injuries on the offensive line, completely fell apart. Mm-hmm. It happened the end of Andy Reid's era. Offensive line, got a bunch of injuries, completely fell apart. They lose Isaac, we know, is a good player. People, you know, Andre Dillard didn't live up to the hype, but that's a really good backup player. You can't go forward. He got $10 million from Tennessee, essentially. You yeah. can't go forward with it. I'm not arguing with it, but if they suffer two key injuries and Landon Dickerson already got hurt, he was out of practice. He's got the long-term injury issues as well from college, the two ACLs. Low-key concern. Jack Driscoll, solid player, but we've already seen what happens, you know. It, mm-hmm. No, but you can't replace players like Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Um, any concerns over the depth on the offensive line? Or we just assume, oh, Stoutland will get him ready. I think there's a, I think there's a, mostly um, a feeling of Stoutland will get them ready. Although we know this team's record without Lane Johnson. Uh, yeah, there's, there's really, can. but I mean, I don't know if they had gone out, I don't know who they could go out and get during the course of an off season as a, as a backup to Lane Johnson, who can, who can do what Lane Johnson does and, and not, and you not suffer some kind of big drop off. I, I think Jack Driscoll, you're right. He's nowhere close to Lane Johnson, but he is, he's a solid backup. I think he can back up right tackle and left tackle. So if my misses more time, you can, you can play him at either spot and he's going to do okay there. He, he's not going to, you know, pave the road for you. I and mean, he's not an impenetrable force to keep edge rushers from getting to the quarterback, but he he's fine there. Uh, Suo Opeta is, a, has, has played pretty well when, when called upon to do it. Um, and I think uh, it'd be interesting to see if Dennis Kelly gets a whole lot of playing time tonight and what he looks like, because I think they, 
they're concerned about their offensive line depth. That's one of the reasons why they they brought him back. I don't know how much and he Josh has left Andrews. Yeah, right. you can see him bringing in veteran guys because they're concerned. Yeah. Uh, right, they see and that I, concern. And I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, I think that even losing Andre Dillard, I still think the Eagles probably have more depth along the offensive line than most teams do. So comparatively speaking to last year and previous Eagles teams, I think you're right. There's a little bit of a reason to be concerned, but I I think the Eagles are better prepared than most teams, the vast majority of teams to deal with an injury to their right tackle or their left tackle than, than most other teams. And I think Tyler Steen's development this year, how he plays as a rookie uh, will be important. He's probably not, I don't think you can slide him at right or left tackle, but if you can, if you can have him as a backup at guard and, and not have to worry about, you know, moving Driscoll to one of those spots and you have an injury at tackle, then you can, use Driscoll at tackle. So I think uh, getting Tyler Steen, I think could be a low key, really good move for their depth here uh, in, in 2023, it, depending on how ready he is to, to play significant snaps. All right, John, I would love to either give you credit or say shame on you, but I don't honestly <laughs> remember which camp you were in. Were you one of those guys who, when he came out for his first practice, took a look at Devonte Smith's legs and said, Wow, how can he play in the last in a football league with those twigs for legs? <laughs> oh, yes, I was. I'm yesterday, in that Darius Slay said, here's his limit. Numero uno, best wide receiver in the national football league. Not yeah. one of, not top five, the number one wide receiver in the national football league. I hope he wasn't standing next to A.J. Brown when he yeah, said that. Yeah, yeah. But so, uh, yeah. he did say he thought he could be the best wide receiver in the national football league. Is Devontae Smith ceiling that high, John Stallman? I I don't see it. I mean, I, I love Devontae Smith. I, I think he's he's tremendous, and he got better last year. So there's no reason to think he can't get better this year. I don't know that he has the physicality to be the best. I mean, that's saying something. There are some phenomenal receivers yeah. in this league. He's not better oh, yeah. than A.J. Brown right now. No. You're right. He's and not he, the best receiver on his own team. Come right. on. So he's not better than Justin Jefferson right now. You know, and, and there's a number of other receivers who I think are uh, ahead of Devontae Smith. Now, can he can he become such an elite r- route runner that he can run any route on the field and get open? Because he does catch everything. He, he very rarely drops anything. Yes. And so I think he can be a top five receiver in this league. I think that's his ceiling. I just don't see him getting to the point where he's the best receiver in the NFL. But I, I love the hyperbole, man. I, I man, love you. Man. You know, get your I, man I up there. You, it's funny Jody brings that up because I'm with you. I love Devontae Smith as a player. But, I mean, come on. He's not, yeah, he's not in that conversation. He's a very good player. Very well, good player. Like I said, I'm glad that Slay wasn't standing next to AJ Brown. Yeah. Well, that's what be I was thankful, about. Be thankful you're not standing next to Darius Slay. That you're just flat out telling him he's wrong. Well, uh, no, I'll tell Slay he's wrong to his face. That, mm-hmm. What people don't know about Slay, and it's funny because I tweeted this last night, he is a phenomenal leader. He just defends it. Somebody, some Eagles fan was taking a shot at Javon Hargrave last night, you know, because he's gone. Uh, and they'll say, well, he couldn't stop the run, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Slay jumps in and says, Hargrave's a dog. Hargrave's great. He does the same thing with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Darius Slay defends his teammates to the death. That's why everyone loves him. If you ask him about Lane Johnson, he'll say he's the best right tackle in football. He'd be right, by the way. If yeah. you ask him about Jason Kelsey, he'd say he's the best center in football. He might be right. It's probably Creed Humphrey, but he's in the conversation. If you ask him about Dallas Goddard, 
you say he's the best tight end. He's not. It's it's Kelsey or or Kittle or Mark Andrews, but he's up there. That, that's just who he is. I mean, Devontae Smith is a great receiver, but he's not even the best receiver on his own team. And, you know, the Jeffersons of the world, the Tyreek Hills of the world, the, the Devontae Adams of the world, the Jamar Chases, those are the best receivers in football. And, you know, AJ's probably about five-ish, somewhere in that range. Um, Devontae's a very, very good receiver. But one of the things, and you know, Jody, I've talked about this for a lot. AJ Brown was the final piece of the puzzle, man. Everybody fit into place, and that includes Devontae. AJ Brown is that guy. He's he's the guy. He's the guy that's impossible to stop. If if you got a good throw, the back shoulder, he and Jalen Hurts have been phenomenal with the back shoulder stuff. And I know, Jody, you're in the hard knocks right now. Did you see the clip? Uh, did you see? I don't know if they put the show yet about the Jets, uh, Ulbrich talking about Aaron Rodgers, the back shoulder stuff. Yeah. It's just he's in awe of it. That's what it's looked like with Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown with the back shoulder. AJ's different. And, and and Devontae, nothing against him. He just doesn't have that physical presence to be that guy, to be that guy. It's not an insult, although people will take it as an insult. That's you know. I, I think Devontae Smith, if you if he was the number one with like Quez Watkins as the two, and it, it would just it, we it already saw be, that, John. Yeah, and it, we, we saw, saw and we saw the limitations of that in 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 twenty twenty one. And so, yeah, he's he is perfectly cast as one B. Right. I mean, he's perfectly cast as a guy on the other side of the field where you have a physical receiver on on one side and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith who can who who can beat you long. He can he can beat you over the middle because he is such a good route runner, but he's not going to win those 50 50 balls most of the time. You know, I mean, it's it's just he can't he can't out muscle the cornerbacks, but that's you can't help you know, your physical makeup. Like it's just, there's, there's a limitation on guys who are, are kind of that thin uh, and that slight of build as to how effective they can be, but he's unbelievably effective. And it's no, yeah. like you said, no slight on, on Devonte Smith. If we don't call him the best wide receiver in the NFL, you're right. It's he's a hype man. Darius Slay is a hype man for his players. And that's all that was and yeah. good for Darius Slay on that. And I'll tell you right now, it's not the best. What's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'd like to see Devontae Smith as the number one wide receiver because right now, you're right, he's 1B. A.J. is the number one. A.J. goes down for five games this year. Devontae's going to have to step into that role as a third-year player with an MVP-level quarterback because 2021, he was a rook, and Jalen Hurts was just becoming Jalen Hurts. So I'd like to see Devontae now with Jalen Hurts at the level he's at and Devontae at the level he's at as the number one. Best thing to happen for the Eagles? No, no, no. He stays one B all year, and AJ takes every snap at the other side. But I, I just like to know that for my own education. Oh, and, and by the way, I think Devontae would be much better than he was as a rookie. I, yeah, I the do point think I'm would, trying to make. Thank you, John, he, for confirming he, that. For he me. would be much better in the role, but he wouldn't be as good as AJ Brown in the role. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and and by the way, he'd probably be a top ten or top fifteen receiver because uh, he's that good. But just not the stratosphere that the, and I gave you the names: the Adams, Jefferson, Chase, Hill, AJ. 
I, I'm probably missing somebody, but those are the names off the top of my head. Those guys are, they're a different level. They're a different level than, and there's, no. that's no slight. That's not a slight to Devontae. Devontae Smith is a tremendous player. And the fact that the Eagles, a team that, think about Carson Wentz setting, boy, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, setting <laughs> the, the franchise record for passing yards. And I believe they didn't have a receiver, a wide receiver, over 600 yards. This team was awful at wide receiver for years and years. And now they got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They don't have to be one, two. They're both great, but there are other great receivers in the NFL. Agreed. And uh, I I hope for Eagles purposes, we don't have to debate this again because AJ goes down and Devontae comes in in a five-game period, goes for 700 and change and nine touchdowns. Then we might, you know, he might be the number one. Slay might be right. The only way we're going to figure that out is if uh, AJ goes down. All right. Uh, tonight, the Eagles will... Win the coin toss and do what, John Stolness? <laughs> you could have knocked me over with a feather in preseason game one when they won the coin toss and said, yeah, we'll take the ball. Sirianni never takes the ball. He's going to take the ball again tonight. What was the line of thinking behind that? I still haven't figured that out. Well, the, the line of thinking on deferring is that you get uh, the extra possession in no, the second that I half. Get. And, and yeah. I think it's so overstated and ridiculous. And, yeah. uh, I don't want to re-legislate that, but – the the results are the results, and Sirianni always defers. Why do you think he took the football last week? I think he wants to see his offense on the field more. I, I think okay. he wants to see his offense get on the field. I think he Aren't wanted there to bigger see bigger questions on defense than offense. Just overall, looking at the two sides of the ball of this team right now, don't we still need to learn more about the defense where they got five new starters as compared to the well? Then again, because nobody plays on offense, because nobody plays because they start. Maybe you're right. I apologize. <laughs> kickoff, kickoff, even something yeah. as goofy as kickoff coverage. Like nobody's taking fair catches in the in the preseason, which we all think they will in the regular season, because everybody's trying to figure out the new kickoff rules and what can we do? What can we do? I think they wanted to look at that as well. Yeah, they don't care. But yeah, come week one in Foxborough, if they win the toss, they're deferring. They're deferring. Uh, guarantee that. Well, now, Patriots, leave it. Patriots better not come out and run the ball down their throats. Yeah. Like uh, Mr. That's, ESPN says the Pats are going to be yeah, able to do this year. That could, be, said so. that could be a concern. At John Stolness, make sure you follow uh, John on Twitter. Read him at Bleeding Green Nation. I'm going to give you my five bubble players, and I want you to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay. Um, Hopefully verbally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trey Sermon. Um, let's see. He's gonna be down. I mean, how do you get him on the? I think he. Yes, I think he makes it. I think he's probably a special Ooh. teams guy. He's he's Ooh. shown a little bit here. All right. Wow. Yeah, kickoff returner too. A little yeah. bit. Um, Tyree Cleveland, guy I mentioned, um, showed up in Baltimore. Has special teams sort of. Uh, ability from his time in Denver, um, Tyree Cleveland, John mm. Stolness. I think. Uh, let's see. He's. I say. I say no. I think they've got so many guys at receiver. I think that Nagata has looked decent. Uh, yeah, Britton Covey is going to make the team as a as their punt returner. I don't know that they have space for him. Um, guy we also mentioned uh, Dennis Kelly. Mm -hmm. veteran 
potential swing tackle. You were just we were just talking about offensive line depth. I I feel like yes, he does. Even though I don't really know, we've we, he they signed him. We haven't heard anything from him, um, so I don't know if they like what they're seeing. But I'll say at the moment, because of the concerns at uh, on the depth chart, I think yes. And I left the two toughest ones for last. Um, the last player in my mind on the defensive front, the deepest defensive front in football, Moro Ajomo. Eagles love to keep their draft picks, but he's a seventh mm-hmm. rounder. They're yeah. going to try to get somebody through. It would be a seventh rounder. I say no. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the practice squad at some point, but I don't think he's. I don't think he makes the roster. And finally, Justin Evans. Now, I think you're going to say no, but let me say this: um, in Justin Evans' case. The Reed Blankenship has taken every first team rep and they've yeah. rotated everybody uh, next to him. And Terrell Edmonds has gotten the most. Kayvon Wallace next. Justin Evans. Sidney Brown has got the least. Hmm. They seem to like the coverage ability of Justin Evans. Plus special teams. Did they keep five safeties? Justin Evans. It's a good question. I think it's, and they like cover guys, you know, um, especially since there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, and Kayvon Wallace, I know he's been, it sounded like during the Browns practices, he was really hitting and oh, flying yeah. around. Jimmy Haslam wanted, yeah, wanted to kill <laughs> he got him. Jimmy Haslam all fired up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say no, if only but mainly because I think there are other positions where maybe they want to stash some guys. But I think Evans is interesting and he can maybe change some minds. You talk about a guy who can who has a lot to play for here in the preseason. He's one of them. So if he makes some plays, maybe. But I would yeah. say at the moment it's the no. most difficult decision for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll add one more last question to John's list, but I'll give you an extra option. Right. Makes the team, gets cut, gets traded. Derek Barnett. I think, I don't know that there's a team out there that would want to trade for him, first of all. Uh, just, he hasn't done much, and he was yeah, out all John, last John year. John thinks he, he, he's going to merit a third uh, day three pick if it's, they put him on the market. Yeah, you know what? I think that's probably more likely than him making the team. Uh, you know, I, No, I think he makes the team. I think he makes the team. I, and I don't love that. I, I I would rather not soak up a roster spot there. Um, but I don't I don't think they cut him. And I don't think he gets traded. I, at least not right away. I, I would say Derek Barnett probably makes the team. He probably makes... Yeah, I think he probably makes it. By process of elimination, he makes the team. Yeah, I think that, so. That is not the case when we punch up John Stolnes. No, we want John Stolnes. <laughs> we ask for team. John Stolnes. Made- we beg for John Stolnes yeah. when he jumps aboard with us. You can read his stuff on bleedinggreennation.com and check out his Eye on the Enemy podcast. JS, always a pleasure. You know we'll be getting you on play during the season, bud. That's great. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John Stolnes here with us on Birds 365. All right, come back. Uh, Want to get into the weeds a little bit with Johnny Mac here about how to play the roster game. Because we're only a couple of weeks away from it. Uh, John just asked about the bubble guys, who's on the bubble, who's making it, who's not going to make it. 
let, let's zero in on the numbers a little bit. 53, who gets cut, get through waivers, bring guys back to the practice squad, elevation from the practice squad, protecting guys on the practice squad so they can't be picked off by another team. It's Howie Roseman's life for the next three weeks, let's be honest. We'll play along with Howie Roseman next here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
You got Mac and Mac here, Jody McDonald, John McMullen on Birds 365. The Prince of Darkness, our buddy Bob Groats is going to join us. Coming game up. day, game day, Bob Groats. Game day, game Bob Groats will be on with us. Uh, John, I, I teased before we went to break about uh, the work that Harry Roseman's going to have to do in the next couple of weeks after the final all-important preseason game against the Colts, which, by the way, are we not going to get a chance to see Anthony Richardson next week now that he's been named the Colts starter? I would be stunned if Anthony Richardson plays. Um, Yeah, even a rookie quarterback. I mean, you know, you know where Shane was, right? (laughs) Uh, The all protective uh, organization has been moved to Indianapolis, much like it is here in Philadelphia. I get it. Um, Which means we'll get to see some Gardner Minshew, or is he on (laughs) deference as well? To you, not only need to protect your rookie starter, I'll tell you what, protect your backup. Remember Who's that cold third string quarterback off the top of your head. You got a guess, McBone? I don't. Uh, I don't know off the Neither top of I. my head. Um, remember Nick the Ball, Eagles? No. Oh, he's retired. I forgot. Remember the Eagles in Miami last year? I remember they went to Miami and you were hot as hell down there covering the team. They didn't play anybody uh, and they got destroyed. Now, Miami did. So it was, you know, it's always. A little bit different, but I, you know, I know. Hey, Shane hey, went... hey, the the Dolphins playoff quarterback Skyler Thompson lit up the Philadelphia backups. Yes. Oh, they destroyed them. The Dolphins destroyed the Eagles that day. I was like forty three to I don't know what it was ugly. Uh, Sam Ellinger, I just looked it up. Sam Ellinger. Oh, there's their third stringer. Yeah, he was backup last year. Um. Yeah. So Sam. Yeah, he'll play. <laughs> He'll play a lot. He was the backup to Matt Ryan last year. Yeah, he yeah. actually got a chance to play. Um, so yeah. I, a lot of I Sam Ellinger. Think... All right. Uh sorry, I, I got off track there because uh, I forgot. Um, by the way, Will uh the former Eagle now backup quarterback who may or may not play, does he is he constipated again? Because he doesn't even like to think about number two. And he's number <laughs> two now again in yeah. Indianapolis. He was number two here. Wow. He wasn't happy about it. He can't be happy about being number two in Indianapolis. Is he spending quality time avoiding the men's room? Probably. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. If Anthony Richardson gets hurt and uh, Gardner plays well, he'll be in Shane's office the next day. Yeah. Hey, what do I got to do to be the starter? Nothing wrong with being competitive, but uh Yeah. You got to be realistic. He's been through this before with the number one overall pick and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Anthony was what? Number four. Um, Yeah. Poor Gardner. Yeah. No shot. He he goes, uh, Trevor Lawrence gets drafted in front of him. Guess what? You're number two. He comes to Philadelphia, (laughs) wins a game coming off the bench. No, no, you're still number two. We got Jalen Hurts who goes on to be the number two in the MVP standing. Now he's replaced by another tie uh, or is beaten out by not really a competition. If you ask me another high first round draft pick. Yeah. Gardner, maybe you need to look in the mirror. Maybe it is you. Maybe you are just a big old pile of number two. Oh, um, that's harsh, man. He's a good backup quarterback. Gardner mentioned, but he's a backup. Backup would be a number two. Um, Roster games that it will be played by Howie Roseman two weeks from now, somewhere thereabouts. When I got cut down, August the 29th, 
I believe is the exact day. So. It's the cut down day. So that would be 12 days from now. Uh, the, the Tuesday after the final exhibition game. Um, 53 man roster. 18 man practice squad. I have a 16. How many 16. On the 16. 16 on the practice squad. So it's 59 total. And the 69. Practice... Yeah, 69. Right. The practice Giggity. squad is for those who don't know. And I think most people do. Um, you're not on the 53, but you're under contract to the team. You get a salary, which is less than the NFL minimum. But another team can come and just pull you off a practice squad if they want you, if they put you on their 53-man roster. But once the season gets underway, there is protection of some of the practice squad guys. That's where I start to get a little dicey. Uh, no, no more. That that was a COVID rule. You that was, protect. and that's been done away with? Yeah, that was done away with last year. Um, that was only for COVID, where you could protect practice squad players. There was no protection last year? No, no protection last year. Oh, why do I think there was? Um, yeah, because I asked about that early because I was expecting to get the, uh, the four guys that you could protect on the practice squad. And uh, even the Eagles didn't know. And I said, where are the protections? And they asked uh, about it, the PR people, not the Eagles organization, how we knew. And, yeah, they did away with it. Um so you can't protect players. Um, so anybody who's on the practice squad can be pilfered at any time by any other team. All they have to do is well, hire a team a spot on the 53. So, um, you got to get, as you mentioned, you not only have to get a spot on the 53, you're guaranteed three weeks on the 53. Um, so in other words, if a team comes and wants to pluck Eli Ricks, because everybody's all into Eli Ricks now, they have to guarantee him three game checks uh, on the 53 at least. Um, so that complicates things. And also you're made aware. So if you have somebody you want to keep, and this happened over the years, it happened with Nate Sudfeld in Indianapolis. It happened with uh, Suo Pet in Miami. They wanted to sign those guys. And the Eagles said, nope, we're going to elevate you. We're going to keep you. And as long as you have a good relationship with the players, you can, you can manipulate things um, the way you want, but yeah, the player can make a decision. If the, if he sees a better opportunity, um, they can leave and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. All right. Here's a question that I don't know the answer to, and I'm not sure if you do, if you do, I'll be impressed. What's the time frame? The Philadelphia Eagles get a phone call, they get an email, they get a text, whatever. The Dallas Cowboys would like to uh, uh, poach Eli Ricks from your practice squad. He's on the Eagles practice squad. How long do they have to make a decision to either elevate him to the 53 um, or say, yeah, okay, good luck, Eli. If the Cowboys are going to guarantee you three game checks, going to be on the 53 for three weeks, we can't do that right now. So uh, good luck, big guy. You have to make you you can't um, you have to make the decision by Tuesday, I believe, of a game week. So if you want to sign somebody, in other words, there's a dark period, um, and it starts till after the game, and and then Tuesday, I believe, it, it might be four o'clock. Um, so in other words, um, 
Now that was the COVID world where you could protect guys. You had to have those. So that might have changed. That's a good question. I'll ask it. Yeah, I don't changed. know the answer to it, and I wasn't sure you did. I don't know. During Is during that, the COVID, maybe the period. Eagles PR guys don't, but Howie better well know the answer yeah. to the time. Oh, uh, Howie, Howie knows the answer, and if he doesn't, uh, um, now I'm forgetting his name. The assistant GM uh, who is the football John Science. John, yeah, he knows all that stuff backwards and forwards. Uh, so. If Howie doesn't know, John Ferrari knows. But uh, when you could protect players, I do know Tuesday was the cutoff point. Um, either way, you're made aware of, you know. In other words, Dallas isn't just coming in and signing a player without you being aware of. You're 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 aware. In, right. There's, I'm sure there's yeah. a period of time that you and, have to react and potentially yeah. make a move and then, to keep the player on your rasa. I'd just like to know when that period of time is and that, what the duration of it is. Um, it was Tuesday in COVID. It makes sense to stay Tuesday because the week starts Wednesday, for, and I'm talking about for a Sunday game. Um, that's when the big practice is. If you're going to bring a player in, you probably want him in by Wednesday. Otherwise, you're basically screwing a week. Um, and you got to pay the guy for three weeks. So, um, that makes sense, but I don't know. They kept it in the COVID world. Um, but either way, um, you have an opportunity to manipulate it, whether you, but you're always going to have to bring the guy up. Right. So you're going to need a spot that, that might happen later in the season with injuries early in the season. It becomes more difficult, but you know, you don't have to worry about it early in the season because people are picking guys off the waiver wire anyway. So um, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And elevating guys, elevating guys from the practice squad, um, the rules behind that, are you allowed to do it for just one week? If you elevate somebody, does that mean they too get that three game got to be up for? I know you can only do it three times over the course of the season. How does elevation from the practice squad uh, work <clears throat> for a guy who's on your practice squad and you want to put on the 50? Uh, no, only three times you can elevate. And uh, that does not restart because I asked that. So you can't play those games like elevate a guy three, like the Eagles. Britton Cubby wasn't on the 53 to start last season, but he was the punt returner. They elevated him for three games, um, and then by week four, they had to sign him to the roster. Uh, that's a hard cutoff. And you can't play the games. You can't cut a guy and then bring him back and restart and get another three games. You can't do that because I asked that question. Um, so, yeah, that's a hard and fast rule. Three elevations – um, and after those are expired, you have to either add them to the roster or you can't elevate them again. He can now, keep on the practice squad, but you can't elevate them. Right. When you elevate him from the practice squad to the roster, does someone have to come off the 53 man roster? No, no. You get that's two... just an extra player. Yeah, that's an extra player. But remember, you only get to dress 46 on game day. So. Right, you know, so if you want to dress them on extra inactive, game. right? Yeah, exactly. So, doesn't affect the fifty-three, but it affects the game day. If you want to elevate somebody to be the punt returner, 
that means somebody else has got to be inactive that's on the 53. Understood. And yeah, these are, we get caught down in the weeds because this is the kind of stuff John needs to know. I try and remember. If not, I learn from him. Um, and how he lives and dies with this stuff as fans of the game. Oftentimes, is this going to alter the outcome of an Eagles victory or loss? Probably not, but you never know. That's why they go through this. That's why they do this, and that's why they spend as much time and effort getting the perfect group together before the season starts, even though, according to John, and I fear he's right, we'll learn next to nothing today because the guys, we, we should learn a lot because yeah. it's an actual game against another team who's trying to evaluate their players. Kids fighting for jobs, that roster spot between 45 and 69. Yeah, that, that should be up for grabs tonight. Or yeah. see if it actually well, and John brought this up. John Stolness brought this up. You also have to, and that's where I kind of mentioned it as well with Baltimore with the splash plays late. You have to understand the situation. So, um, you know, Nicobe Dean, I'm with you. I'd like to see him play, but you know, Evidently, Kevin Stepanski, and I'm looking at you, Nick, Nick Sirianni. Evidently, he's more above board with the Cleveland media than Nick is with the Philadelphia media because they're all pretty rock solid that Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson is going to start and none of the Cleveland key players are going to play. So, as John brought up, what's the value of playing Nicobe Dean against a bunch of third teamers? for the most part. I don't know if there is value in that. Here's, and even if he plays well, what are you going to get from that? Here's what he's going to get from it. And you're you're a great guy to ask about this because you've been doing it for a while and you've talked to a lot of players. You used to have more access to players. So you can get more information. So I'm asking you to go back in the, the way back machine, the time machine, John, go back five, ten years ago when you had uh, the ability to just talk to a guy on and or off the record in the locker room after a practice, after a game, have you not had, cause I've had guys on the air. I have much less access cause I get guests on my <clears> radio show. That's about the extent of it. You get to actually look guy in the eye and ask him questions. But I've had guys tell me that there is such a thing as football game shape that you oh, need yeah. to get into football game shape that you need to play. The best way to get in football game shape is by playing games, not joint practices, playing games that they want to get out there, that they want to hit, that they want to be hit, that that's how they prep for the season is by doing that. Can that not be accomplished tonight? In part, I get it, it's just in part, but a part is better than absolutely zero. Could that not be achieved by N'Kobe Dean? A hundred percent it could be. Yeah, that's, and that's my a point. real... And that's, that's why I want to see N'Kobe Dean tonight. And that's... Uh, I don't that's care a... if it's a third rounder or not. I don't care if it's a guy who's going to be on the street and... 14 days or not. I want to see Nicobe Dean hit somebody. And that's, uh, um, you know, that's baked into it. I mean, like they would rather, and not just Nicobe, everybody else play their way into football shape in week one and week two than risk losing them against somebody, you know, working for UPS or calling up the USFL or XFL. Um, that's, that's where they are, well, uh, and I, it's not I, just the Eagles. I hope Nick Sirianni's listening today because John McMullen is is getting sucked in by Dan Orlovsky 
that the Patriots are going to be able to run yeah, the I am football week in. one, and that game that we've already got down as an Eagle W might not be as easy as we think because it's Bill Belichick, well, here's a, I, and he's going to zig instead of zagging. So why not have N'Kobe Dean out there tonight to be ready to zig against Belichick zag? By the on. way, I don't know if Dan's right, but I think the Eagles are smart enough. Like, you might see, like, N'Kobe Dean and Zach Cunningham playing major snaps against New England because I think Zach's going to win that job. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, and the next week, like three days later, whatever, four days later against Minnesota, you know, they might have Jefferson and Addison and Osborne out there and you might see very little of Zach Cunningham, more Terrell Edmonds. I think Sean decides smart enough. People looking for, you know, differences between him and Jonathan Gannon. I think he's smart enough to understand the situations and uh, he might have to, the Eagles might have to piecemeal it more this year than they did last year when they had they didn't, they didn't piecemeal better starters last year. Kaiser White and no. Edwards are out there. Well, and, and, and they, but to be fair to JG, which I know people don't like to be fair to him, he didn't have to do that. Right. No, no, were, that's absolutely right. You know, now I think they're going to have to do that more this year. And I think they'll be smart enough to do it. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Yet to be seen in the green room is the Prince of Darkness. It's game day, except somebody forgot to tell him that there was a game. Uh, Bob Groats scheduled to join us coming up next. We'll see if we can get Groats on the line here on Birds 365. passionately go fearlessly go confidently go, <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with first trust philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the philadelphia eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line so go with conviction go with trust go and go forward with us by your side first trust bank the official bank of philadelphia dreams oh and go birds fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. That is what we talk about here on Birds 365, E-A-G-L-E-S. You got McMullen, you got McDonald, and he is not the Prince of Darkness today because he's outside. The sun shining in the face of one Bob Groats. Beautiful, beautiful looks, out. Looks like he's um, ready I thought you'd for be a- at Lincoln Financial Field by now. I figured I'd check it out or change it up a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Lincoln, I'll be there in like, I don't know, a half hour. Half hour, yeah. Beat the traffic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, it's such a huge game, too. It is. Have you ever been more excited for a preseason opener? I'd have to think field? about that. Do you need an answer today? or No, absolutely not. I'd have to look uh, at my notes. We, we have the answer to it. Uh, but we do need answers from you on other things, Bob Groats. Here's where I got to start. The Eagles in practice. Now, again, it's just practice and don't know how much emphasis to put on it. Move James Bradbury inside to the slot. Is that because he's too slow to play outside? Do you no. believe that's why Sean Desai did that? Because he's that. finally listening to Bob Groats. He's too slow to play outside. Let's get him into the slot. Yeah, he doesn't run like he used to. There's no question of that. Um, when he was, um, he made the Pro Bowl team with the Giants. He's not. He's not. He that made all pro last year. Uh, no, as he, he was second he was. team all pro, and I don't know what those second guys second team doing. all pro is all pro. Did you guys see the? Did they? Did they see the Super Bowl? I know they voted before then, but I mean, I've, just, that, but come on. And he wasn't the only one either. Slay. No, I mean it. It just tells me that they're worried about um, the uh, long or the durability of uh, Avante Maddox. He gets hurt all the time, and uh, what is the depth behind him right now? There's not much, so. I think he's kind of I, – I don't think it means that. I, I think he, I fully expect um, – He's not Bradbury. playing in the slot. Yeah, he's going to line think, up outside. Yeah, I, I think mean, uh, Sean Desai is trying to show – Sean Desai is very savvy. I say this all the time to Jody, Bob. He knows the city. He's better at branding than Jonathan Gannon. You know, he moves people around in practice where it doesn't matter. When they show up week one in Foxborough, James Bradbury's not going to be in the slot. I'll bet anybody a hundred bucks on that. He's not going to be in the slot because Sean decides not an idiot. That's why he's not going to be in the slot. You just throw things out there and practice. He's got Jalen Carter playing defensive end. Oh, well, he's he'll playing definitely, he's going to line up there this season. At yeah, season. Once in a blue yeah. moon, like Hassan nope. Reddick, nope. when everybody loses their mind and Hassan Reddick dro- drops into coverage, not consistently. Oh, he did why that last not- year. Yeah. Why would you not have Hassan Reddick and, and, and Josh Sweat rushing from the edges to put Jalen Carter out on the edge? Because, I mean, because you're too predictable. He's going to move guys around. And, and is it 
You say he's really savvy. Is it him or is it Matt Patricia? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm, yeah. I seriously wonder about this, and um, it's too early to ask. Over under week eight defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. Yeah, but it, it's too early to ask who's calling the defensive plays right now and how that operation is working. But uh, I, I'd love to know the answer to that and, and how they're work, stumbling through that. So, um, but, I you asked know, to talk to Matt team, Patricia. I got yeah. stonewalled. Yeah, uh, th- this is a team that, you know, the even the head coach, I mean, I don't know. He's trying to get a competitive advantage in a preseason game by not listing his starters. I mean, that, yeah, everybody in the league does it, I think, except for that wacko coach with the, with the, the chargers. What's his name? That guy, he's uh, uh, Brandon Staley. Yeah. Yeah. He is a head case, man. So I don't understand this a little bit. And, um, and the Eagles don't see anything wrong with it. Um, to, to me, it's, it, uh, I, I don't think it's going to put any more pressure on the players that are going to start or anything like that. And the other thing is, it's kind of a, you know, um, preseason games are a disservice to the fans. And this doesn't. Oh, they are. I said this, that. this doesn't. This adds to it, if you ask me. I mean, uh, at least they should know what they're getting into before they, they make that trip. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, for the fans. I mean, it's one thing to pick their pockets. It's another to pick their pockets and laugh at them as you refuse yeah. to tell them. Right. Now, some of, some of them are going to go anyway. Some of those fans will go anyway, you know, because right. they don't get they a don't care. regular season. If, if guys yeah. are going to be out there in midnight green jerseys, soon to be Kelly green jerseys, they yeah. don't care who they actually are. Just yeah. tell Let me they're no. Oh, but Bob, I forgot to mention the Panda in Chief is back representing Delco. Representing Delco. What, what was this? He, he didn't. He he didn't even mention the name of the team. What what was that? He didn't know? know. He didn't know the name. Yeah, of the, what, I mean, the media, on, the, the, the the media, media little, league 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 team? Team. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Good, good on the Panda in chief. The name of the, the league, you know. I mean, it's like, uh, and I don't even know if he knows where Delco is. Do you think he does, John? No, he lives in. Uh, I, yeah. He lives in South Jersey. He, uh, no. Yeah, but could he find it on a map? Possibly not. You get you make a good point there, Growth. All right, since you are our evaluator of all speed defensive backs, is Sidney Brown too fast? Could that potentially hurt him from playing this year because he plays too fast and plays too aggressively, and that doesn't necessarily fit with the type of defense that the Eagles played last year are going to play this year. Limit those explosive plays. I I don't think he's – John thinks he plays really fast. I I just – you know, I don't don't see that. I mean, I see him out there always around the ball. And and that's certainly a million miles an hour. That's certainly a great trait to have. Yeah, but we don't even know if he knows the defense yet. You know, it's – a thousand miles an hour. It could be because he doesn't know the defense. But it, that's true. But I don't even think it. I don't even think. Uh, I think he's got quickness and stuff. But uh, speed. Um, you know, Slay has speed. If, you know, he he still has that. And um, but uh, but you know, all that said, I like the guy. I mean, like I just said, he's he's around the ball. He's uh, he's fiery. Kind of started one of those uh, skirmishes the other. Oh day. yeah, yeah. And I, you know, you, you got to appreciate that. He's got a lot of fire in him, and uh, and at Illinois, he was durable. So, uh, you know, and that's a that's a huge trait for uh, you know, obviously for. All right, we'll go down the Sydney Brown route. Week one, Foxborough. We know Reed Blankenship is going to be the starting safety. Who's the other safety? Yeah, it, it could be, be him. It could be Terrell Edmonds. Uh, it could be a combination where. 
they kind of rotate in and out. So uh, it could be a situational thing, depending on who's in the lineup, you know, and what the what the uh, Patriots are showing, you know, offensively. Uh, Edmonds is definitely a, a really, a, I don't know if accomplish is the right word, but he's a solid box yeah, safe. He is so, solid. but but he's a guy that bites on the fake. I mean, God, you look at his even his highlights. You know, it's like wow, he was lucky he didn't get caught on that. You know, kind of kind of took the fake and uh, and went forward, but still made a play. So he's got some ability and he's got durability too. So I think it'll be a combination of those two guys. All right. But, so uh, le- then let me follow up with this, since John just said. He thinks at the other linebacker spot, other than the Kobe Dean, when the season gets underway, well, could be piecemeal. Could be depending yeah. on the opponent and the defense they're in. Because last year it was Edwards and White, 98% of the time. They're out there. They're the two linebackers. No need for substitution. Last year it was uh, Epps and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson when Chauncey wasn't hurt. Right. Out there about 98% of the time. No need for substitutions. We just said that there might be movement at the linebacker position other than the Kobe if he is what he's supposed to be and if he stays healthy. Are they going to do that at safety? If Reed Blankenship is going to play close to 100% of the time, is that spot going to be a rotational one? Yeah, um, they they got a lot of questions there. I'll tell you, the guy that I kind of like now, and he's only been there a little bit, is Miles Jack. because You like uh, Jack, huh? Yeah, he doesn't even know the defense, and he's moving pretty well. And um, and he his career and his career he's been around the ball. I don't I don't know why people just haven't you know they just haven't warmed up to him. He just can never. Well, he did stay for a number of years with uh, Jacksonville, but uh, he was on that great Jacksonville defense. Yeah, and, and that, that had a lot of talent. You're right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I kind of like him uh, and the other guy too. I like the Zach Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. making play. He's Zach the one is, making plays. Yeah, I, I like uh, so. You know, I, I could when we get to September, could be those two guys or, or yeah. some combination. So I, I don't like the guys that are there. That are they we had saying before. that? Well, some people have brought this up. I haven't brought it up, but I'll see if Bob uh, bites in. You know, Nicobe Dean. We've talked about him a lot on the show today. He's played Honestly, thirty-four yeah. snaps. Could it be Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack? Yeah, I think it could one. be. They Ooh. they definitely have size. I mean, but. Uh, you know, is it going to be like that on opening day? Maybe not, but uh, I could see that by the end of September, that those two guys in there playing a lot of snaps. So, the Kobe Dean, um, the jury is still out on him, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, 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 uh, I agree the jury is still out, but I, I I'm not going that far. I, I think he's going to be the starter. I don't know what to make. Other it. people have brought up that they brought in two for a reason. I don't, I, yeah, they might be concerned about the durability. Um, I think that's valid, but I don't think they're concerned about him as a player. I don't get that feeling. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Um, he is, uh, the size is a, is it to me, it's, it is an issue. It, uh, well, the durability, I, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. About you mean that. like yeah. skinny leg Devontae Smith, who, Yesterday, Derek Clay <laughs> said it's going to be the best wide receiver. In the yeah, head. but not everybody's created equal, Jerry. Yeah. No, Devontae knows how to avoid those big hits, although he took a big hit in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He, yeah, he got hit. hurt. He played through. Uh, yeah, and missed a few plays and came out and made some yeah. catches. I was he's impressed. He's a tough guy. He's a tough 166-pound yeah. guy. I didn't think he was going to get back in that game. I, I tell yeah. you, I thought that this is the one. 
you know, he's going to, you know, it's going to be a little while, but he got back in there. I was impressed with that. So, but, um, but Dean is just, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how he sees in there. Seriously. <laughs> he's like five foot nine. He got all these Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and all these guys. Be careful. People Some, get mad at me when I somehow say he was able to do that at Georgia. Mr. Groats. Yeah. And win yeah, the I, linebacker of the year award in football in college football. He was able to see over them in Athens. I think he'll be able to see over them in Philadelphia, too. Yeah, they, he did. Um, you know, he, there was no question he had a, a great college career. Um, sometimes, though, with with uh, size guys, sometimes, you know, they, they find a way to get it done on the next levels. Other times they, they just kind of get caught, or, you know, and or, or lost in all that traffic. So, but uh, it is way too early to, to figure out, uh, you know, or, or to, to write him off, that's for sure. But uh, but I definitely – I like the size of those other two guys, Miles Jack and, and Zach Cunningham. And uh, and I think they'll have uh, – if they both stay healthy, I, especially Cunningham, if he stays healthy, uh, he's had some issues. I, I fully expect him to be playing uh, a lot of snaps by the end of September. Yeah, he's uh... – He's a big guy. Zach. He, he I mean, is. Yeah. Jack. He's he's rangy. He's like six three. He's got long arms. He plays with he, power too. I mean, yeah. he, he just kind of. I mean, it's early, but he's no. He, it's very. But he was yeah. a very good player before the injury started, uh, and he's got a knack. He seems to know how to play. Reed Blankenship intercepted Sean Watson three times. Two of them were because Zach got his hand yeah. on the football. Mm-hmm. So. I'll tell you the guy that the, the position that concerns me right now with the Eagles still, and I know I don't know why they feel so comfortable, but it's right guard because uh, Camp Jurgens. I don't, I just don't. Are you back to the size thing again? Yeah, He's not big I, enough for you. No, I I don't I don't like the fit at right guard. He's very strong. Um, well, part of it is who else do they have? Yeah, uh, I don't like uh, this man. I you know uh, and um and and if you bring that up along the sidelines and there's any Eagles people within earshot they're like are you on crack <laughs> they're looking at you you know like i don't know about this one man i i don't you know oh and uh and dennis kelly i think that was a nice uh a nice uh try bringing him in nice but, three uh, weeks yeah yeah he, he's kind of off the third team yeah he he's yeah. he kind of showed got nothing uh, left he can only play at, at guard anymore and uh you put him at space like a tackle the other night it, it was awful you know yeah. with the it's like when Doug Peterson told us uh, Jay Jahi had nothing left. I was like, what? He's got nothing. They just brought him back, and Doug immediately assessed, yeah, he's got nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they got the most out of that nothing, though. I mean, he played <laughs> no, like that's the second snap. time when they brought him back. They didn't yeah. get anything because he okay, had but, nothing left. But the first I mean, time, when they brought even him the back. first time, even oh, the, the first time, time he had yeah, nothing left. He was left. effective at leading up. Yeah, he did. Sport. He'd play that seven or eight snaps. And six of them would be really good. You'd say, wow, yeah. why don't he play more? He can't. Then he left to go to Miami, yeah. and he was terrible in Miami. He came back, and we were all like, oh, Jay's back. That'll be he'll, – he'll, he'll improve. And Doug's like, he's got nothing. Got nothing. That could be Dennis Kelly. But are we going to see a lot of Dennis Kelly? Will Dennis Kelly be able to fight the naysayers, McMullen and Groats? They're on Birds 365 with a big performance tonight in the all-important preseason yeah. game. Yeah, I don't think so. It it, yeah. it would have it would be against what subs anyway, right? Because yeah. uh, the Browns aren't going to yeah, play. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski's evidently a little bit more honest with his reporters. Uh, yeah, and and another thing, John, I, I'm really interested in how the who's calling the plays. You know, like uh, I, I guess Desai is doing it, right? Yeah, he hasn't really yeah. been asked. Uh, I'm not Desai. I'm sorry. 
on offense. Oh, Brian Johnson. I guess Brian Johnson has been yeah. doing it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Brian Johnson. Is. But this is going to be uh, this is uh, to me that's going to be interest an interesting component too because uh, I thought you were going down a Patricia route. I thought no. that's where like well, he's calling well, it with Sirianni. I don't know. I mean, I I, I want to see. I'd like to see a little bit more of um, you know how that operation works, but you can't really tell unless uh, Hertz is in there. So, but uh, I, I said it before. I, I think that Hertz and uh, Johnson have a, a real synergy and uh, a great chemistry, and uh, I think they're going to be. I think you, you're going to see more big plays than you saw last year, and there were a lot. So uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, I, how this play calling goes is going to be really. This is going to be really interesting to me because I, I we, you and me, Jody, we can all and, and John, we can all spot a Steichen play call, right? Oh yeah, yeah I love Shane. Play. We could do that Shane's in our call. sleep, but yeah. uh, with with Johnson, this is going to be fun to watch. So you you can't really tell with the quarterbacks they have now. Um, uh, Mariota, maybe we got a little bit of a taste of it the other night with Mariota, but uh, I'm I'm eager to see how that whole. Uh, the play calling operation goes on offense. Oh, week one after the game, I know one of the things I'll be doing is breaking down every play the Eagles had percentage wise. How many are RPOs? How many are designated Jalen Hurts runs? It's a big question for this team this year. And will a new play caller change the amount that they use the uh, the quarterback in the running game? I'm projecting and predicting there's not much change that it's going to be very similar to last year, at least from the Jalen run perspective. I could be 100% wrong about that. They, they could go in a completely new direction. I think there could be more passes, believe it or not. Yeah. You think well, I think there's going to be more passes because yeah. they're going to be in more close games. Uh, in theory, <laughs> you think about it. If you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter, you run the ball. If you're down 10 points, you throw the ball. I think they're going to be in tougher games because they have a tougher schedule. And that means they're going to throw the ball more. But I don't think it has anything to do with being cognizant of, oh, we have to protect Jalen Hurts. If practice is any indication, Bob, they're not taking the quarterback's stinking draw off the table. No. Because they're dominating with that thing offensively. And and if you look look at the running back situation, it's, it's what the Eagles do, not what they say. Look at the running backs that they have. I mean, if that doesn't tell you right there that they're going to go more with those, uh, with Goddard and Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, nothing will. Um, that's where the that's where the strength of the offense is, right? In those guys. So All I, right, I see running back. That's something. I see them playing more to the strengths of those guys. I, not that the running backs won't be a factor because they can all catch. They're all about. They're all similar roles, and uh, and you know, they, DeAndre Swift. I mean, that could that could end up being a really good pickup. What are we going to see at running back? Because Nick said yesterday, oh, I want the running backs to be hit, to be tackled. And he said Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott were up this week after Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift last week. But, boy, the way they're using Kenny in practice, why the hell do they want to put him out there with a bunch of backups? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't see that happening tonight. You know, I don't see him playing. Uh, They – they really like that guy. I mean, a, a lot of people thought that, uh, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, as soon as the Eagles got him, he'd be the guy. Or Rashad Penny. You look at his numbers, they're really good. But, you know, we, we know with the, the obvious issue with Penny was, you know, the health. I mean, he couldn't couldn't stay on the field. So, But Gainwell does everything they want. He even blocks, I mean, when he has to. So, and the way that they used him in the Super Bowl, I mean, he, he was really, he was pretty good. 
and and throughout the playoffs. It wasn't just that. So so when Miles Sanders, when he gets to when Miles gets to the the Panthers and he says he, he just doesn't understand why he didn't get more touches in the Super Bowl. Hey, you, you should have seen well, that. Maybe that screw up the first play and hurt well, your hand. You're that, right. That that, that was bad one right there. Yeah, that yeah. maybe it should have been two scoops and scores for the Chiefs. Uh, the yeah. replay it was kind of sketchy to me. That's but um, but I, I got to say this. I mean, all he all Miles Sanders had to do was look at the way that the Eagles used Kenny Gainwell in the playoffs coming up to that. To know, uh, uh, see, I did, he was banged up. I think it had more to do with Miles being banged up because he had the so? knee injury. He had the knee injury, then he hurt his hand in the Super Bowl. By the way, didn't Miles just get hurt, Jody? Did yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think serious. Yeah, and, it, and you know, if it was serious, I didn't. I just might not be ready for Week One. I uh, think I read. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find that. One quick game. Well, question yeah. before that, you two guys can answer. I can't. Did he get hit enough in the two practices? If Sirianni's on record is saying, I like my running backs to get tackled. If you're right, Groats, he is the de facto number one. He's ready Did to go. he take enough hits as per on the Sirianni, my running back must be tackled ahead of time's uh, stream? Yeah, Kenny Gainwell, he's ready to go. He's a total pro. Okay. He, he's the consummate pro. By the way, he's another undersized guy. Does he have the size to be a, a, a lead running back? That's true. If you're going to question the Kobe Dean size, don't you have to question Kenny Gainwell's size? No, nah, it's totally different with the running backs, guys. I mean, All right. it really All is. Right. I mean, because they're not going to give him um, – I, I doubt that they're going to have a 1,000-yard rusher. Although, if, if Penny stayed healthy, I sure think he, he has the strength to do it. And um, – and maybe even gain well, but I don't think they're going to get that many touches because of because of where the strength is on uh, on offense with the wide receivers, the tight end, and uh, and by the way too, I mean we haven't seen it in the preseason yet, um, or we probably won't see it because he's not going to play. But Goddard is going to have a bigger role. Oh, he's I'm what a player! Yeah. What a player! I've been saying that for years. I'm he's convinced he play gets a bigger role. Games. So yeah, nobody can deal with Dallas Goddard. Nobody can deal with him. Even the yeah. first day, Cleveland was like, what the hell do we do with this guy? Uh, they had no answer, no answer for him. Uh, I, I, you know, if he could be really, really good and underrated, that describes Dallas Goddard and yeah. Josh Sweat. I mean, Josh Sweat. The catches well. he made in that Super Bowl were just incredible, man. I yeah. mean, you know, if that if those catches had been made by somebody like Kittle or somebody, you know, or Kelsey, you would have heard the announcers just rave about him for the next 15 minutes. But, uh, I don't know what it is with Dallas. They were tremendous catches, you know. Didn't get into the end zone, but just big first downs. Yeah. Yeah. I need a prediction out of you, Bob Groats. What are the Eagles going to serve to you media guys before tonight's game? Just hot dogs? Or did they, they go, while some of the fans may be getting screwed with full retail prices for concessions, what are you media guys getting in the uh, Eagles press box before tonight's game? I don't know. I'm sure they'll have pretzels, though, right, John? Oh yeah, they'll, they'll, have, they'll have those soft pretzels. Um, yeah. Well, you know they're going to have chicken uh, chicken tenders at halftime. Yeah, a bunch uh, of bunch of uh, desserts in there. I think they're trying to fatten up the uh, the writers and the yeah, they're media. doing a good job. They're so they look ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think they want us to look. So like they look ridiculous. Ticks, you know, like yeah. then we come into the news conference. Well, Kemsky, uh, Kemsky does his uh, press box food rankings and. Uh, I made it into Baltimore because I said the chicken fingers were chicken tenders, whatever. They were pretty good at halftime. 
compared that to the Eagles. Better than the Eagles, Sanders? Oh, significantly better. Wow. That's the whole point. Ooh. But See, don't 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 sit next to McMullen tonight. They may tamper with his chicken fingers. Right. <laughs> be, be careful, Bob Groach. You don't want to be sharing a plate with John McMullen. Significantly Not close. Baltimore the Eagles have had fingers over Eagle. Yeah. Significantly oh, well, better. Good Significantly. Food. The Eagles yeah. have had some good food. They they have had. Oh, some they have, yes. Back when they had the omelet bar, it was the place to but, be. But, uh, but and I uh, already know the answer to this. When I'm setting you guys up. Best spread in football is by oh, far Dallas not Cowboys. Even close. Dallas Cowboys in number two. Everybody's fighting for number. I don't know. Two. The Patriots have a pretty good spread uh, too. Better Dallas. than Jarrah? Uh, I don't think good, so. But it's pretty good. It, it's really good. They they um, they take. Pride I was in that. talking yeah. to one of the ushers. I pro- I probably told this story at uh, AT and T Stadium. They Jerry makes them tailor their jackets. They have you know sports jackets. He gets them all tailored for the ushers. I don't care what you say about Cherry Jones. That guy's a class freaking act. Yeah. I'm telling as well, you. As well they should, yeah. That yeah. spread That's is classy. unbelievable. That spread is unbelievable. Nobody's close. Oh, I've got a I've got a Dallas story, security story that I can't tell on the air. Oh, yeah. oh my I've heard God. that story. Yeah. Oh, By the way, right. they should. I, I will say, no, I don't want to get people angry yeah. at me. But I can't believe they have tap beer after the game. There's yeah. got to be some liability. You can do whatever the hell you want in Texas. They don't care. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me either. You know, like, yeah. here, why don't you get drunk and write a story? Yeah. You know what I loved about And I haven't gone to a game down in Dallas in two decades or whatever. But I loved when they had a one o'clock game because that's 12 o'clock down there because they're an hour ahead in the central. If you wanted to buy a beer before 12 o'clock, you had to buy some food. You couldn't just buy a beer because of the laws in Texas. You could not buy a beer. I didn't know they had laws in Texas. Oh, they do. You couldn't buy a beer before 12 o'clock unless you bought a food item with it. So Mm. I remember they had these little like cheapo packages of chips that they only charged 50 cents for. That You had to buy a a little, it maybe had nine chips in it. But you had to buy that to have it with your beer. Because, yeah, I went down as a fan a bunch of times and wanted to start drinking early. And they had the stupid rules. I couldn't believe Jerry couldn't get around that one. But that's the way they played it in the corral, the bar that was attached to uh, the stadium with the hole in the roof that I went in to uh, many a time. All right, Bobby Groats, always a pleasure. Uh, You can leave now for the game. See what the food situation is. I got to get me something to drink. All right, see you guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, My pleasure. Our pleasure. Appreciate it. That's Game Bob day, Bob Groats. We needed um, a crotch shot of Bob yeah. Groats standing up. He gave us. He, he, got... he got you titillated at the very end. <laughs> really, we really needed to go there. Okay, here's what we need to do: take our final timeout, come back, put a bow on the show that will not include Bob Groats's crotch. <laughs>
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac guys, back to put a bow on the show. Uh, John will be uh, in the press box tonight watching the all-important Eagles and Browns preseason game and then back here tomorrow as we break it down for you. All right, Johnny Mac, we're going to finish on this note, which you should uh, love because it's a question you cannot get wrong because it's a subjective question. There is no right or wrong way. I like that. It's just like opinion. Yeah, you can't wrong. get this one wrong. Who do you think is the most overrated team and that's where the subjectivity comes in where you can't get it wrong it's how you see it to begin with who do you think is the most overrated team in the nfc most overrated team in the nfc i'm going through it in my head pretty quickly i'm thinking about the playoff teams i think everybody knows minnesota's taking a step back um I'm going to go stay in the division and say the New York Giants. I don't think they're a very good football team. So do you not think they will make the playoffs? Because they did make the playoffs last year. You're right. Yeah. So, I, uh, I would say that not everybody considers them a playoff team. You're not the only one who's got them out. But they're not a lot to make the playoffs. Yeah. But there are some people. That I are- think they overachieved last year. They did a great job. I think I love 
I love Brian Dayball. I think he's a great coach. I just think, I, I think things, I think even they think they, they went too far than they should have. And I think people are skipping steps with them. Um, it's a bad conference. I think, I think San Francisco is a good team. I'm trying to go through it. I think Dallas is a good team. Um, they might be overrated because they're a little bit o- always overrated because when da- every it's just the nature of them. Everybody thinks they're a little bit better than they really are, but I think they're a legitimately good team. Um, the South, um, you know, that the North. I mean, everybody stinks. I guess you could say Detroit because everyone assumes Detroit hasn't done anything yet, and everyone assumes they're going to win the division, and I agree with that because somebody's got to win the division, and it's not going to be Green Bay. It's not going to be Chicago. It's not going to be Minnesota. So it's got to be Detroit. So i got to go Giants. You and I disagree on that division. I think Chicago could win that division. I think Green Bay can win that division. I think Minnesota can win it again. And I think the Lions go. I think anybody can win that division. I think that division is completely up for grabs. Because I, I, would... I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Um, because I think I don't think Detroit's that good. Where they're no doubt about it. And if Jordan loves better than people think, if if if, if Justin Fields takes off, you can make a case for everybody. I agree with that. You can make a case for everybody. Minnesota's still got a ton of skill, position, talent. And Brian Flores, uh, here's a guarantee. That defense, which was maybe the worst in football, is going to be top 16. Top half? Top half, just because of Brian Flores. Just Uh, because of Brian Flores. I'll sign on to that. No, the most overrated team in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, And I do that because someone just, a Philly teen noise on the stream said, oh, we know Jody loves his Cowboys. John, it's been almost 20 years since I renounced my Cowboy fandom. <laughs> when Terrell Owens signed with the Cowboys, I said, all right, no mas, I'm out. I grew up as a Cowboy fan. Roger Starback was my favorite player. Uh, goes, fights for his country, then comes back and wins the Super Bowl. Tom Landry, class personified as their head coach. Yeah, I grew up as a Dallas Cowboy fan. They all had stars on their helmet. That meant to me as a kid, they were all great. And I I clung to that for many years thereafter. I officially gave up 14 years ago when the 18, what year did he sign with Dallas in 2006? And we're now in 2023. So 17 years ago, I denounced my cowboy fandom. But if it makes Philly noise, everything, everything, you know, our buddy Mike Sealski, it's funny you bring that up. He was somebody, you know, they always do this. Fans, they always, you know, Sealski wrote a column about Jalen Hurts, um, you know, before Jalen Hurts became Jalen Hurts, and they reposted. And like everything's in a stasis. Like once you put down your opinion, it, it happens all the time to me because Jacob Sports put up, you know, it's like the freezing cold take thing. Um, and they pretend, oh, we knew Jalen Hurts was going to be runner up MVP. We knew the whole time. Well, the Eagles didn't know. So they're blaming Sealski anyway for his opinion from, you know, 18 months ago or whatever. Guess what, people? Everything is not a stasis. Everything doesn't say the same. Everything evolves. Jalen Hurts has evolved as a player. Jody Mack has evolved his football thoughts about the Dallas Cowboys. 
it's only been two decades. <laughs> 17 you years. Know better, Billy Noyce says he's just pimping me. Okay, I believe you. I thought he was actually stating that he thought I was a Cowboy fan. The most overrated team in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. I think people are underrating the fact that I think John McMullen's going to try out for kicker for them last next week. They still don't have a kicker. That's still kind of important. I know that they pick kickers up off the scrap heap all the time. When was the last time a kicker off the scrap heap actually won the Super Bowl? Since we're talking, or or even uh, won a championship game and ended well, up. In yeah, team. I mean, I just saw the best kicker of all time. I agree with you. That's another one of those people think they can get them off the street. That's sort of like relief pitchers in baseball. Sometimes you hit a home run, and then the next year they're terrible. Um, and for whatever reason, if you get a kicker on a hot streak, everything works out. But if you get a bad kicker, woo, yeah. Well, they went through it last they year. They went through I mean, it. And, yeah. and they put exactly zero resources into replacing him, which I think is going to come back and bite him in the butt. And I think you they're know, miss Dalton Schultz. May, Mason Crosby, who was in Green Bay forever, I remember he had the worst season. I'm like, this guy's awful. And then he came back the next season. He was tremendous again. Those guys are weird. Right. Kickers are tough to evaluate, but bringing in guys from the USFL, don't cut it for me. But we'll see how it works out. And they're going to miss Dalton Schultz. I know they did a nice job uh, addressing a couple of their needs, but they didn't address all their needs. And I'm just, I, I do not think the Cowboys will win as many games this year as they did last year. That's just me. Uh, Mac, man, we be done. Uh, have a safe trip over to Philly. Uh, you'll be with me in the morning, ready to give us the breakdown of this all important. Game. Uh, yeah, I plan on it. You know, if I can get through it. Oof, if, oof. Uh, if he doesn't get poisoned with a less than stellar uh, chicken. Tender oh yeah. I, create, I might stay away from the, yeah, chicken you tenders. may, you, you might want to stay away from those chicken tenders. Mm -hmm. I, uh, whether he eats a poison chicken tender or not, McMullen will be here. I'll be here. You get Mac and Mac right back. In two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.